Hey, pull up a chair. We're so glad to have you join us here on the Back Porch Education Podcast. For the next half hour or so, we're going to talk about all things educational. It's a wonderful day to learn something. Glad you could join us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We've got Marshall today, one of the old Latin poets from a super long time ago. And he wrote a little epigram. It's just a two-liner to a guy named Pontilianus. I don't know who that is. I don't think it matters. But here it is, the poem of the day. You ask me why I have no verses sent. For fear you should return the compliment. (laughs) Nothing quite like a good um, twisted insult to start off our podcast. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay, so maybe I should say that's not the most um, direct or faithful translation. Maybe another way that I've seen it translated is this. Why do I not send you my books, Pontilianus, lest you should send me yours, Pontilianus? (laughs) So there you go. That's Marshall. He's hilarious, Uh, sometimes uh, inappropriate, but he is super funny. Yep. He's the he's like the guy that says there's a lot more authors than there ought to be. <laughs> Nonetheless, we have a, a podcast to do here today, and uh, I think what Marshall is not wanting to suffer is something that's common to our students as well. That's the sort of the um, the sin, the modern sin of the classroom, and that is to be boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have been teaching long enough to have, at some point or another either been told that what we're studying is boring or this author is boring me or I'm so bored or to me what's the worst part is when it's not said but just simply displayed (laughs) right right I've had a student more than once whose head his feet are splayed out in front of him his head is totally back on his neck and the mouth is open and that dude is g-o-n-e gone And I'm trying to figure out with that open mouth, is it a Skittle that's going to go in there <laughs> right. or a piece of chalk back in the day or, you know, what? But right. boredom. Uh, boredom. Yeah, it happens. I mean, this is a this is a common um, malady, maybe, in the classroom. It's a, it's a word that I think students like to hurl at teachers or at subjects to sort of, I don't know, get them off their back or deflect them or something. It seems to me that it's, uh, it's come about. I don't think it's, I don't think it's always been a problem. Uh, the, the term itself, of course, in English is fairly new as English terms go, but when students use it, I'm not even sure they always mean what I think they mean by it. I think at times it's a, well, there's a number of reasons for them to say it. Uh, they they truly honestly may not be able to enter into what's going on in the class because uh, it's it's the, it, the subject might be beyond them. Uh, the teacher may not have properly prepared them for the for what you know, has has failed to give them the the ladder into mm-hmm. that idea or that subject properly. They often today we're so practically oriented that they're just looking for. 
you know, what's going to be on the test Friday, and they're, they're not trying to learn a subject, they're trying to pass a class. Right. And I think that that is a, a prison-like experience. Well, definitely <laughs> and, it is. And, and, and to me, that's, I, I would, if there's a, a larger group of people in America who are bored than those within our prison system, I mean, I, when I think of incarceration or being in jail or, you know, the hands on the bars of the jail, so to me, that's, that's where most of the boredom in the world resides, is somebody that just didn't, all they've got on their hands is time. Mm-hmm. And and nothing to do with it, and uh, I would hate to think that that's true of my classroom, but I do think that in general our society has perhaps raised up a generation more concerned about surviving school than enjoying it. Right. The benefit the benefit is the end of it. Right. I want the diploma so I can get the job and so on and so. Well, forth. and I and I think, yeah, it's almost a, a different. Well, I don't know that it's different, but it, it's a it's a different sort of thing. Um, when we're talking, or at least when we say it in the classroom, right? We, we don't mean you have all kinds of time and nothing to do. It's more like somebody's just like I don't know, like tapping you on the forehead. You know, it, it's it's this annoyance yeah. of like I don't want to be subjected to this stuff that is doesn't have anything to do with me but yet you keep talking te- charlie brown teacher right yes right, wah, 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 wah. right. Uh, and we get this notion if if my studies serve me well that that if you go to the dictionary and start wrestling around with this term boredom or to bore or to be boring or to be bored. Right. Uh, the French ennui, which, which we still use in particular with young people. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, and, when you say so, ennui, that's A-N-W-E-E, right? Uh, not so much. <laughs> oh, okay. But. Seriously, well, what, it's E-N-N-U-I, is that right? Right. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. On we. Yeah. And it's a podcast, so we'll just put that in the notes anyway. But oh, true, um, true. <laughs> the the boredom you you brought up earlier, somebody just tapping you on the forehead immediately. I thought of the Chinese water torture with just the yeah, the, exactly the, the the little dropping and and that's so when you go to the dictionary, you see as a noun, it's the state of being bored. Tedium. It uses the word on we. You go over to it as a verb, and you find it, it of course, has to be used with an object, but a person who is bored or boring is someone who's who's able to weary by dullness, tedious repetition. Mm-hmm. There's, there's your tapping on the forehead. Uh, exactly. And, and then, of course, it comes out of the much earlier, almost adjective, the bore, that, uh-huh. that guy at the party you know, that you keep moving around the punch bowl away from, because if he, if he gets to you, <laughs> <laughs> you'll never get away. It's going to be a long evening. So, right. you know, unwelcome attentions is, is your, so I think when you talked earlier about something I, I don't want to engage with or something I, I would rather not be doing, weeding mm-hmm. the garden or sitting in English class or something like that, that, that there's sort of this shutdown or this defense mechanism 
one of the first things you said in the in in this episode was that that often it seems like students are, are pushing it away from themselves. It's almost a defense mechanism. Uh, right. You're boring me. Mm-hmm. And by making that a uh, a cultural taboo, you you should never be boring. Uh, you're it's 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 a chance to crack on the teacher because no teacher wants to be boring. Sure, of course not. And I, and, and I think you can be. We could talk some about that, I suppose. What what makes for a boring teacher? But I don't think you can always blame the teacher if a student is bored in class. Uh, they've got their part that they've got to bring to it as well, which which seems to be this receptivity or this, even though I don't see the purpose or want this experience, I'm going to open myself up to it. I got to be here, so let's make the best of it kind of thing. And I can work with a student like that. Yeah, definitely. The cross-armed, cross-legged, I'm not listening to this crap. Yeah, you know, it's going to be tough. Definitely. Even if you stand on your head and... And have a movie. Um, right. Yeah. Tricks and uh, entertainment will only get you so far, you know, based on the student's attitude. But and I OK, so I do want to say this. And I, and I think that um, we can. We can make a lot out of. Uh, well, I guess I should say. I think it's easy for us. To blame a lot on this day and age or this generation or whatever. And uh, sometimes I'm sure it fits, but I, I think a lot of times it probably doesn't and, and problems have been around longer than we might be uh, willing to admit. But I do want to say that when you said um, you looked up the you know boredom and boring in the dictionary, I went to uh, Noah Webster's 1828 American Dictionary and boredom and boring were not in there. Bore was only in there like a verb, you know, like sort of like um, a fly bores into a whatever piece of meat or something. I don't even know. But the uh, yeah. but it wasn't there in 1828. So I'm just saying it's a relatively new word or new um, shade of meaning that this word has taken on. Well, and it's interesting that to me, the newness of it is probably indicative of the newness of leisure. I mean, I, I, I recognize that the Greeks had a lot to say about meditative time, time spent thinking about the world. We're eternally grateful that they did so. And almost all cultures have had some form of time to be human as opposed to just work time. So I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about, I'm talking about discretionary time. Maybe I should yeah. use that rather than leisure. That that for the last 150 years, machines have come along to relieve us of the tedium <laughs> of, <laughs> of doing the laundry, doing the dishes. So I, I, we still do all those things, but but machines aid us and give us back some time. Right. And and inevitably, man has had to struggle with what to do with that time. Exactly. And, uh, you know, in class, yes, I could easily just blame it all on the students. I know that's not true. I could blame it on the time and the screen time and all that. And I know that's not because I, I can remember being almost slain by boredom, 
in my class experience, uh, especially in the high school years. Sure. And, and I probably, um, well, we've gone over on the sec- segment, but when we come back, let's let's pick up there and talk about boredom and, and who's to blame and all that. Hey, during this brief break, I wanted to encourage you to use the share buttons we have on our website in order to help us get folks tuned into the show. Our goal is to encourage as many educators, homeschoolers, NFL punters, and donut makers as we can with these podcasts. So help us get the word out. Share our Facebook page. Send folks a link to one of your favorite episodes. Do whatever you can to help us share this craziness with either your best friends or, if it's more appropriate, your worst enemies. We will love you all the more for sharing our love. Thanks. And now, back to the show. All right, so... In the first segment, we were talking about our experience as teachers and the fact that, that the word boredom comes up in the classroom. Uh, who's to say if it's more frequently now than it has been in the past or whatever, but, but teenagers will be bored. Um, some of it is an issue of pride. They, they don't see the point in sitting in class. They want to get out and get life going. And, and that, mm-hmm. I think, is a God-given motivation. Um, they need to to discipline themselves to get what they need before they get out there. Uh, and they need to humble themselves and recognize they don't know all that they need to know yet to, to be happy livers of life. But, um, but I get that it's a common experience. Um, so let's talk some about what's to blame, what, what brings boredom into the classroom, what can be done about it, that sort of thing. And I'm going to start with, a, uh, the, quoting a saint, which I love to do, uh, as I teach it at, a religious school where saints are, are honored. So if I can quote one, then then they just can't argue with me, right? Perfect. <laughs> so uh, St. Chesterton recently uh, beatified. Was uh, he really? Yeah, yeah. With, uh, I really didn't know that. Three or four years, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, it was a, well, I follow some group of people that are Chestertonians, and they have a website, and so they made a big push and whatnot. And apparently Dude, Pope, that's amazing. Pope agreed with them or something. But um, <laughs> uh, to quote a saint, St. Chesterton, there are no boring subjects, only bored students. Mm. And that doesn't sit well <laughs> with my students. Sure. So I teach, I mostly teach English, right? And there are some students that come in excited to be there, but there are many of them that come in and immediately begin adjusting themselves for a comfortable nap. <laughs> you know, and it, and it fascinates me because they'll challenge, what are we ever going to use this stuff, Mr. Elliot? And I'm like, I don't know. Do you speak English? Do you read it? <laughs> do you Does, think what, what ever? Does, like, do you think about stuff <laughs> sometimes? What, what, I don't, maybe this doesn't have anything to do with your life. Uh, but anyway. Right. So, um, well, let me, let me, um, let me say this. Of course, who could argue with G.K. Chesterton uh, before or after he was sainted? But um, <laughs> he's brilliant. I love it. And and the putting the onus on the students rather than on the subject, I think, is an appropriate move. Um, we might we might soften the the harsh reality uh, that Chesterton provides us with by saying something like that, you know, there are also bored teachers, 
That is, if a teacher is, is not um, enamored with the subject, good luck uh, having any of the students be. You know, like we, we might spread the blame a little bit. We don't want to point fingers yep. and say um, students are horrible. Uh, that, that's not what we're after. Um, but right. but, it, but his, his quote reminds me of, of something that I would, that would happen a lot in, in my classes. Um, you know, students from time to time would say, that doesn't make sense. And I would ask them, do you mean I don't understand? Because the subject does make sense. You know, the math problem is solvable. Right. right. But if they don't, they, they're projecting the, the sort of uh, problem or, the, or whatever, the, the error, wherever it happened, they're putting it on the subject, but it doesn't, it doesn't go there. It's either right. on me as the teacher, I messed something up, which happened a lot. Uh, or it's on them, you know, they, they've spaced out, uh, and they, then they came back in and said, wait, that doesn't make sense. Well, okay, fine. You don't understand because you weren't listening. Let's work it out. You know, let, let's figure it out. So I, I think Chesterton's right. Like changing the, the onus, um, from subject to one of the people involved in the conversation. Yeah. And, and I think you've, there, that's a major contributor to this discussion is the leader in the classroom, the teacher. Mm-hmm. If they're bored with the subject or bored with the job or bored with the students or bored that day because their mind is on something, most certainly a, a distracted or, or asleep teacher. Yeah. I did have that experience from time to time as a principal walking into a classroom, <laughs> finding the teacher asleep. <laughs> wow. Okay, we need to have a little meeting after school today. <laughs> but uh, any subject as it connects to the truth should the, the teacher's job is to figure out how to present this in a manner that leads the student in, helps them see what's there and leads them on to the next thing, right? Cuz cuz education is this great line of narrative. It's a long story and you're each day is just a little paragraph of that so to speak um so i i push back on the notion that some subjects are naturally less interesting but i think that given the proclivities of individual students some students are going to need more help you know they might be bright-eyed and bushy to, you know algebra may fascinate them but english come on man i'm really not and 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 sometimes we let them do that with our love of specialization we just start pushing them into little Oh, well, you're a math guy, so we'll let you specialize like that. We'll just give you all math. Right. Well, that's not, I don't think that's fair to the student. Right. Well, and in a K-12 education, I would even say, you know, if, if a kid, if a kid's in 10th grade and, and it's like, oh, well, well, you're a, you're a math guy. You don't really need to, you know, know this part of English. Do the English guys need to know it? Like, th- this is not a specialized um, time. This is a general time, right? So the, it, I guess what I'm trying to get at is if not, if there are students who don't need to know the information, uh, or understand the concept or build the skill that you are working with, 
do any of the students need that? Right. Well, it, it, so here's one of the heart and soul issues of this podcast, that, that there are priorities in education. And yeah. the most permanent things of education are the kind of person, the, the, the wisdom and virtue that's being cultivated in education is mm-hmm. going is going to be eternal so the activities the you know the focus of a given class session should be more focused on the kind of person that's being educed from drawn out from the class mm-hmm. than just mm-hmm. getting through the material or that's right getting to the test or i i, I do believe that the focus of much modern education anticipates boredom (laughs) when they when they figure out that this is just basically to get to a test and pass it they're going to get cynical with that and 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 i get i would get bored with it Mm -hmm. um i it's one of the problems i've had and when i've had opportunity to teach an advanced placement class is is the notion of teaching at a college level in high school is a very challenging concept that most high school students are not mature enough, ready to study at that level, especially when, you know, a college level courses about two hours outside of class where every hour spent in, you, you're, mm-hmm. you're doing a lot more of the learning on your own right. than, than is typical in high school. And, and when I've taught it, I've, I've, I've occasionally had the, the talented student that can put in the work, but most of the time it's, it's kids that are playing a game, right? I can get yeah. a, I can get a bump in my GPA by taking this, this, this weighted course. Yeah. I can get out of a few college credits. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, it's a shortcut and, Mm -hmm. and good education has no shortcuts. So, uh, but I think that that's when I have had to teach to that AP exam and I've got a deadline and I've got a certain amount of content that has to be covered, uh, that the, the speed of things, Many people think a boring class is one that's moving too slow. I would contend that a that a very fast paced fire hose is just as boring to try and drink out of as a trickle. Definitely, definitely. It's about to rip my face off. And and yeah, I I, I go back to the notion that boredom is a is a defense mechanism. It's basically you were saying this earlier. Is is it that you? It doesn't make sense, or you don't yet see its sense. There's a frustration that builds up in a student who's who's tried and and I, I, it's not there, and so out of frustration, I say, "Well, it's just boring," mm-hmm. and let right. myself off the hook rather than dig in deeper and try and figure it out so that I can get to the to the juicy bits that are in there somewhere. While this show is a back porch discussion, it does cost a little bit of money. So if you're liking what you hear, consider helping us out. Simply use the donation button on the website to send along a one-time gift, or we have subscriber plans for those who want to commit to regular support. Subscribers can get premium rewards depending on how nice a chair you pull up on the porch. We have everywhere from sitting on the floor to our finest rocking chair available. But whatever you can do, know that it helps us keep the conversation going. And for that, we heartily thank you. All right, so Aristotle, as promised, some people, you know, might be curious as to why we're talking about him. Um, some, hopefully, maybe already picked it up, this idea of the middle road, right? The, the mean. 
if you're going too fast, that's boring to students. Um, if you're going too slow, same deal. And so what we want to, as teachers, what we want to do is have that middle road, that appropriate amount of um, information or skill building or whatever at the right speed. That's Aristotle for the day. Yeah, I think a, a, I, th I think a balanced class is a lot towards overcoming the boring class. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we can't get past the fact that, that, that times do change, that, that society prepares us, the student that we have in our classroom. And so I don't want to belittle the fact that, that part of this conversation is um, the age in which we live that is that has moved to the screen yeah. way more than when you and I were young ones. Right. That, um, and, and that we, we have to figure out how to move within those times and yet preserve what is right and good, right? That yeah. we're still, wisdom and virtue is still our goal, but it's now, uh, I don't want to be the teacher that's constantly, but kids can't pay attention for more than three <laughs> minutes. So, so I build 20 activities into every class <laughs> type thing and, and add to the attention deficit problem. Right. Uh, but the old sort of British or, or early American, I'm just going to get my ruler out and make them quote unquote pay attention, which is suffer boredom silently, right. <laughs> drill and kill them uh, until they're embalmed um, and hate school the rest of their life. Uh, that's the Aristotelian notion that, that I think we're talking about, that there is a middle there yeah, and that the solutions really, I, I think like any problem solving, you start with identifying the causes. What, what are the factors that may be causing boredom to rise up in the classroom? And I, I think we've mentioned that the content is possible, how it's presented, right. how much of it's presented, what order it's presented in, uh, which leads us to praxis. Yeah, what, what, what's the teacher doing? How are they presenting how much of the material? And then, of course, the, the student bears their part in the situation as well, mm -hmm. the reception of it. What are are we speaking to them at their appropriate level? Um, are we too fast, too slow? But but have they been prepared? Are they able to engage with this material or is it going to frustrate them and move them towards this this awful uh, epitaph of, of I'm, I'm bored? <laughs> Right. Well, exactly. I mean, I think as a teacher, what you, you know, what you want to do is when this, uh, when this rock is hurled at, at your head, um, th this is boring. I think the first question that you should ask yourself is, am I bored? Hmm. That not that am I boring or is this subject boring or are the students bored, but just are you, you know, as a teacher, am I bored? And if you are, I think you've probably found the solution um, to your or, or <laughs> you found the problem anyway. Right. Um, now, if you're not right. You, and I've had this happen where I am just loving what we're talking about. And a kid says, you know, hey, Mr. Dolworth, this is boring. And I'm like, huh, I have some, uh, I have more work to do then, you know, because it's like, 
I was really engaged. And I see at least that some of the other students are faking engagement. Um, but I, but are they, they seem to be genuinely engaged. So what's the deal? You know, that that's when we get into these other ideas. Okay, how is it being received by different groups of students or, you know, what's going on here? Well, and, and I want to push back against what I've run into several times in, in professional development areas where where the student is painted as, a, as entirely a, a receptor, a passive mm-hmm. element in the classroom. Right. That they just are what they are, and you got to figure out what lights their fire, and you got to do the dog and pony show. And, and, and I'm not against, I mean, I, I, I try to be creative, and I try, part of my being creative in the classroom is keeping myself from being bored. Yeah. And, and that helps me go into the classroom on my A game. <laughs> but then I have to right. turn and say, but these kids probably aren't meeting with this kind of material or attention expectations anywhere else in their life. Yeah, it is foreign. So, so I've just brought them into... Um, a game that they're not used to playing. And we right. all know how that feels, right? When you're definitely when you're thrust into a situation where everybody else knows the rules and knows how to play and has some uh, expertise at it and you're the it's basically how I feel at a party. <laughs> everybody <laughs> oh, else so you're knows. the guy by the pool. That's right. <laughs> I'm the guy chasing people around the punch bowl. But I, I now I'm the guy in the corner going can we go home now? Um, Get me out of here. <laughs> but but it's a it's a it's a retraining the tastes of your students. The, yeah, they're not used to talking about literature. They're used to talking about texts. They're not used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much of our society that beats curiosity out of kids because it's right. So, What's the answer? They just want to know the answer. Right. Google it and stop bugging me. Yeah. Exactly. Googling it kills curiosity, in my opinion, because whatever the first mm-hmm. hit is, you read the Wikipedia entry. Oh, well, now I understand it. You put mm-hmm. your little tiny pinky toe into it. <laughs> right. There's a whole lot more there than Wikipedia might imply. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what questions come off of that? You know, um, I don't know. Often questions are more interesting than answers. Yes. Right. So uh, definitely, of course, that's how that it's cause and effect. Like you have a question, you get an answer. But the the questions that are spinning off of good questions, that's fantastic. And that is insatiable. Right. Like this. Okay, so when a student comes in and they are kind of feeling bored or they're talking about being bored because they're defensive, they're not sure about how this works. To the extent that we can um, make the new context like comfortable for them, uh, make this new activity feel somewhat familiar yep. so that they can participate in it, not just be a mere recipient like you were talking about, but instead they're all of a sudden, okay, they're, they're active, um, they're doing stuff and all of a sudden they get curious, you know, and okay, I'm going to, I know we got to go, but I am going to close with this idea 
and I've said it before and I'll say it again, a good teacher never answers a question that wasn't asked. Mm-hmm. Right? Like wait until the, the students are generating um, their questions and watch boredom dissipate. Uh, I would put in a plea here at the end that that if we have not bored you, uh, feel free to recommend us to your friends and cohorts. Uh, we love followers. We try not to bore them. And we'll be back soon with another 30 Minutes of Craziness. Sweet. Well, thanks again for joining us in this great conversation about education. We hope you will not just listen, but participate. Leave us a comment, suggestion, or thought on our website. You just never know when we'll use it on the show. Until next time, pursue joy and learn something.